Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and back with me again today... This time for our regularly scheduled episode is my co-host Curtis. We jumped on here yesterday for kind of like an impromptu episode so that we could cover the Will Muschamp, Scott Cocker news, the Warren Erickson injury in a timely fashion. So that was a little bit of a bonus episode for you guys and we got a lot of questions about that so we tried to carve out some time to hop on here and cover that for you but we're back with our regularly scheduled programming and on today's show we will be wrapping up our list of the top 20 Georgia football players entering the 2021 season as we finally reveal numbers one through five. But first, a couple of big shout outs here. Big shout outs to D-Row and Short PP Boy, gotta love that username, uh, for being the latest listeners to very graciously not only give us a five-star rating, but also take the time to write a quick review as well. We really appreciate that, guys. Thank you very much for that. And we are getting oh so close to our goal of 300 five-star ratings and reviews by the time the 2021 season rolls around here in just a few short weeks. Guys, we're all the way up to 291 as of like noon today. And I think we can do this. I really do. We've got a few weeks left. And we are certainly trending in the right direction. So thank you to everyone who's already helped us out with that. We cannot thank you enough. And for those of you who have not had a chance to rate and review the podcast yet on Apple Podcasts, if you get a chance, that would be a huge, huge help. So thank you in advance for that. And uh, I got some more good news for you guys. We literally, like 20 minutes ago, I think, just hit 200 followers on Instagram I know in the grand scheme of things, that's not like all that much, right? But two weeks in, just starting our Instagram account, I'll take it. I think that's a good start for us, and it's only up from here. And guys, we're bringing you a lot of great content there, especially during the season. We're going to give you kind of a different look at things. Those of you who might not be able to make it out to every game, we're going to be there on site, on location. We'll kind of be bringing you the game day vibes there live each and every Saturday. So I think it'll be kind of a unique look at what's going on on game day. So I really do encourage you to follow us there. We're just trying to give you kind of a a different side of the Glory UJ podcast. I think Instagram has allowed us to do some things that maybe we haven't been able to do before and just kind of uh, interact with you guys in, in, in a more meaningful way. I think it's a great way to kind of build a little bit of a community there. So what that means getting to 200 followers on Instagram is I will be doing 
my very first ever Instagram live session. Uh, we're going to try to make it happen. We're going to see how it works out. Uh, you guys have earned it though. That was the deal. If you got the 200 followers on Instagram, we do our first Instagram live session. And then for every 100 followers that we add after that, we'll do another Instagram live session. So if you guys enjoy it, keep jumping on there, guys. Keep following. We'll do more and more of those. I will almost certainly make a complete fool of myself. That's almost uh, a guarantee there. But I will give it my best shot. We'll have a lot of fun with that. And that will be taking place sometime next week, I believe. So if you aren't on Instagram yet or you haven't followed us yet on Instagram, get on that now. Just go to Instagram. It's uh, at Glory UGA Podcast. Get on that now so you can join us for that inaugural Glory UGA Instagram live session. It's probably just going to be one of those like beautiful disasters. I I'll figure it out as we go, but we're going to have a lot of fun with the guys. It'll be a great way to kind of interact directly with you. You can ask me questions, all that kind of stuff. We will definitely have a lot of fun with that. So again, that'll probably be sometime next week. I'll give you more exact info on that when I kind of work out the schedule. But just keep listening. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA so you can get that exact time and date. And the last thing before we get to the list, just want to remind you guys that our show is now brought to you by our very good friends at Alumni Hall, the go-to for all of your Georgia gear needs, big or small. Of course, they got all the the, the polos, they got all the jackets, the t-shirts, the hats, all that kind of stuff. But they also have just a little thing, like every imaginable Georgia accessory you could ever think of. I just picked up a new lanyard. Uh, wear that at work. It's it's a. Uh, I've got a. I've had a couple of. I, I, I like. I like to accessorize, guys. I, I'm weird like that. So I've got a red one. I got a black one. Now I picked up like a. Uh, it's a. It's a two sided one. So uh, it's like light gray on one side, kind of like anthracite on the other. So it's cool. I like that. And it's not a, not a huge thing. It was like five bucks. But for me, all those little accessories, any way I can represent the G, I'm all about that. So all your Georgia needs, big or small, alumni halls, absolutely got you covered. Uh, new arrivals, guys, they're coming in every single week, sometimes by the day, so you got to keep an eye out. Check out their website every single day to see all the new stuff that's coming in there. If you are a UGA student or if you just have a UGA ID, if you still have that student ID somewhere, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. I still got mine. But if you are a UGA student uh, and or you are a military veteran, you get a 10% discount on every single purchase. They offer flash sales, you know, all the time, usually a couple a month. So just sign up on their website, give them your email address, and those are sent directly to your email account. They've got a fantastic Hall Pass Rewards program where you earn $10 for every $150 that you spend at the store. Guys, I rack that stuff up quick. Like, I almost always have some rewards cash there to spend some credits because I'm just I'm spending so much time and so much money at Alumni Hall, which is totally worth it. Uh, if you shop online, they've got incredibly fast shipping, easy process. They wrap it up and send it to you like it's like truly like a Christmas present when you get in the mail. It's awesome, and uh, you can shop you can shop in store online. It's in store in the Epps Bridge Shopping Center in Athens, or you can shop online at alumnihall.com. So get on it now, guys, before all those new arrivals sell out. They're, they're going to go fast, guys. They always do. So you want to make sure you get your game day gear before the 2021 season starts. But all right, Curtis, it is time to get down to business and reveal Georgia football's top five players. We're all the way down to the top five players entering the 2021 season as voted on by yours truly, all of us here at the Glory UGA podcast. Or I should say Curtis and I. Charlie didn't engage in this one. This is a Curtis and Tyler thing. But 
to recap the first 15 players on the list, let's make sure we run through those guys first before we get to players one through five. Coming in at number 20, it's tight end Darnell Washington. Number 19, wide receiver Kiaris Jackson. Number 18, outside linebacker Nolan Smith, former number one overall recruit in the country, Nolan Smith, by the way. Coming in at number 17, we got defensive end Trevon Walker. Coming in at number 16, running back Kenny McIntosh. At number 15, we got running back Zamir White. At number 14, defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt. At number 13, running back James Cook. At number 12, wide receiver Jermaine Burton, who's a guy I think can really move up this list with a good season. At number 11, another guy I think can move up with a huge year. I'm really high on his potential is linebacker Quay Walker. Coming inside the top 10, at number 10 is safety Lewis Seen entering his second year as a starter. Coming in at number nine, this one I know surprised some people, kind of controversial because he hasn't been the guy yet, which is a lot certainly based on potential here. But running back Kendall Milton, breakout candidate. Watch it, guys. Coming in at number eight, tight end slash wide receiver. Well, I guess he's playing wide receiver now. But Arik Gilbert, and yes, UGA did send out their official pronunciation guide. I've heard players on the team, coaching the team, refer to him in different pronunciation. I've heard Kirby call him Arik. I've heard JT Daniels call him Eric, but officially it is A. Reek Gilbert, so that's what we're going with here. Coming in at number seven, the only offensive lineman to make an appearance on the list. Offensive tackle, maybe offensive guard. We'll see where he plays. Kind of a jack-of-all-trade along the line. We've got Jamari Salyer coming in at number six. A guy that I had a little bit higher on my personal list, but number six is a good solid spot for him. Is pass rusher extraordinaire Adam Anderson. And that is where we will pick up today. And coming in at number five is someone who wasn't even on the roster a year ago. And is someone I honestly, like I haven't seen him play as much as the other guys on this list. I pulled up his tape, watched as much as I could, went back and watched some West Virginia games during this offseason, but still just am not as familiar with him as I am with other guys on the roster. And that is West Virginia transfer Tyke Smith. Tyke, uh, he's a player that I'm absolutely, I'm really excited he's on our team. But I will say, again, probably due to the fact that I'm just not as familiar with him as I am with other guys on our team. I'm just not sure that I am personally sold on him as a top five player on this year's team. Like I know he's inside our top five. I wouldn't have him inside my top five. Um, I personally had him inside the top 10. I think I had him at number nine on my list. But Kurt, you had him at number four on your list. So, Kerr, I'm going to let you start off with this one. I'm going to give it to you here. Make the case for Tyke Smith as a top five player on one of the two most talented rosters in all of America. Well, I think the biggest thing that jumps out to you is probably in our secondary how important it is in a Kirby Smart system or Dan Lanning, however you want to call it. But to me, the biggest thing that steps out is realistically, I honestly believe he has the ability to honestly, he could have, if we needed, stepped in and been our starting safety come this year. Um, I think he has everything you want in a defender, which, you know, we've been talking about all our safeties and Lewis Seen and Chris Smith. And the one thing that sticks out the most and that you hear it most consistently is that, well, they're not great in coverage. Well, that's not this Tyke Smith, what you say about him. This guy is really strong in coverage, plays the ball well, doesn't, you know, has done, at least last year, did a good job of not committing pass interference plays, which especially in this day and age in football is very, very difficult to do so. I think I take all that into account, the fact that realistically he could be one of our two starters at that position. And I'm just trying to think of 
his importance to this team when you're looking at everything at the defense as a whole. Um, I think everything that he brings to the table could be one of these big difference makers, especially when you think of the importance of what he's going to be asked to do and the fact of what you're hearing is him playing the slot. And that's a huge position. You see a lot of these players, our teams are putting their best players in the slot, kind of like what you saw with Florida in um, Kyle Pitts. And Kadarius Tony as well. Yeah. They're getting their speed up there, and a lot of teams just don't have the ability to cover them. Yeah, I mean, I love everything you said. I mean, that was a great breakdown of, of Tyke Smith. That was a great way to kind of justify and defend having him inside the top five. And like, I'm not upset about having him inside our top five. I, I think there's a world where, we go back at the end of the season, like, yeah, you know, this guy's one of the top five players on our team. I, I'm certainly not going to just discount that. It's just like, when you, it's, it's crazy. Like, you think about like, okay, we've been recruiting at such a high level for so many years now. I mean, last year they had us, uh, 247 Sports had us with the most talented roster in the entire country. And here's a guy that's coming as a transfer from West Virginia, and we have him inside our top five. And I, I and really, I don't think it's that much of a stretch. It's really not. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you too much there. It's just I can go back to the fact that like I can tell you numbers. I can give you all the numbers he has from last year, but I just haven't seen him play as much. But I do trust Kirby Smart. I do trust him when it comes to talent evaluation. And the numbers, are they, they are pretty impressive. You mentioned some of them there, Curtis. Uh, I'll throw a couple more at you, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, he was targeted 38 times in coverage last year, allowed just 110 yards on the entire season of the course of a 10-game schedule, did not give up one single explosive pass play, and Pro Football Focus defines that as plays of 15 or more yards down the field, made five plays on the ball, forced 10 passing stops. Those are great numbers, I and mean, they had him ranked as their number one safety last year, although he's really – I mean, he, he, could play, he could play safety, but – for us, he's almost certainly going to be our, our star player, our nickel defender there. And, and I'm sure in different packages, he can do some different things, move him around. He has a little bit of versatility there. So the numbers are, are spectacular. I mean, those, those are really good numbers. You mentioned the, the lack of pass interference penalties. All that is fantastic. And you're right, Curtis. There has been this kind of trend in the recent years to really try to create mismatches in the slot. Like put your best receiving there, move him around. Like you mentioned, Kyle Pitts from, from Florida last year. Kadarius Tony operated almost exclusively from the slot. Teams are doing that because – forever what teams have done defensively is like you put like your third cornerback at, at the nickel position, right? Like Hoover, that first guy off the bench at cornerback, that's who you kind of put there. So like your third best cornerback. It's like, well, if we put our first, our, our top receiver, our number one guy or Kyle Pitts S tied in against your third cornerback, we're probably going to win that matchup more often than not. So what these coordinators have had to do over the past couple of years is they've had to kind of rethink things. They go, wait a minute. We're not just going to sit here and say our star defender is our third best cornerback on the team. We're going to find a guy that fits that position that can do the things that we ask our star to do. And it is a unique position. We did uh, during the offseason, did a, basically a full episode with our uh, scheme theme stuff, explaining why this position has become so important and kind of what teams and coaches, especially Kirby Smart, are looking for in that position. You need a guy that not only can cover, can also insert as a run defender as well, can have run fits. And those guys are tough to find. Tyke Smith, I think, can do that. Based off what I've seen from him, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's certainly a guy that's more than a willing tackler. He can certainly fill against the run in those run fits. And you're right, Curtis, he is, I mean, based on the numbers and based on what I've seen, I mean, you can say he's, uh, I mean, I would argue he's better than anyone that we had last year that position. Is that fair, Kurt? I think going back multiple years, honestly. I mean, uh, like, would you say like maybe Mo Smith would be the only one I would say would be like, okay, as in terms of guys that we've had at the star position, I think he's the only one that could potentially compete with Ty. I mean, Mark Webb did some good things for us. 
he's a good fit for that spot. But he, you're right, he wasn't nearly the guy in coverage that Tyke can be. Oh, it's kind of strange. They're both from Philly. They actually know each other. Um, Tyreek McGee, God bless the man, tried his best, but no. I mean, that was that was a liability. That Tyke's Tyke McGee or Tyreek McGee, that's a perfect example of like, hey, a guy. So you take a guy who's like your third or fourth best cornerback and you just throw him at star. And he wasn't really a fit for that spot. So yeah, I mean. You kind of talked me into it, Curtis. I don't think this is a, a terrible pick to have him inside our top five. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. He's a guy that certainly comes in, as you said, and fills a hole, a gaping hole that we have with Tyree Stevenson moving on, Mark Webb moving on to the NFL. And uh, I think he's going to end up being probably the best nickelback that we've had during the Kirby Smart era. So there's a couple of like, – I would personally have Adam Anderson ahead of him. Um now that's assuming Adam Anderson makes more of an impact or is on the field more consistently this year, but I'm not going to argue with you too much there. Tyke Smith, that's, that's a solid choice coming in at number five on our list. Now the next player on our list might also be a little bit controversial, and I'm okay with that because he has never been a full time starter. He started a game or two last year, but has never been a full time starter. And he doesn't project to be a full time starter even this year. But I think when you watch him play, his talent is obvious to anyone who knows anything about football. And that is coming at number four, former five-star defensive lineman, Jalen Carter. Now, Curtis, I, I do think we're going to get some pushback on this one. The only other defensive lineman that we have had on this list at this point has been Devontae Wyatt, who actually is the starter at that position. But you and I both had Jalen Carter ranked ahead of Wyatt. And we waxed eloquently about how great Devontae White is and how highly we think of him. All those things are true. I, I still stand by that. But yet here we are having Jalen Carter 11 spots higher than Devontae White, the guy who was starting at that position over him. So, Curtis, how does a guy that has never been a full-time starter make it inside our top five? Well, we mentioned, all, you know, you talked about how we, you know, we're talking about all the great it does and why we ranked him is where we where we did. But the thing is, Jalen Carter can do everything and probably more and better than everything that you see from Devonta Wyatt. Just from the reps, he's out there. You saw it in the Sugar – or uh, was it the, the Peach Bowl? Peach Bowl. The, the, the way the guy can change the game with his speed and strength, it just – it's unmatched realistically. He's almost like a different version of Jordan Davis, the way Jordan Davis, whenever he's in the game he changes it. You know, he makes a huge impact and that's what Jalen Carter does. And I think he's going to actually start stealing. You know, we talked about it with Kendall Milton and Zamir. You're going to see that with Carter. He's going to start stealing some of those reps from Wyatt because it's just a fact of, can you even hold him off the field realistically? Yeah. That was gonna be my next question for you. I'm glad you brought that up. Like how much, okay, let me just ask you, how much do you think he does end up cutting into Devonte Wyatt's snaps? Like what's the breakdown there? How do they distribute those? Snaps? Oh, I think you could easily see a 60, 40, 70, you know, 60, you know, 65, 35 to start the year. And it could easily end 50, 50, if not more in Jalen Carter's favor, because he does everything on every single down. He can sit there and stop the run and stuff to run. He can also get after that quarterback and give him absolute Hades up back there in a pass rushing situation. It's okay. You can say he, he's going to give him hell, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, look, gosh, this is tough for me because I think Devontae White is a really good and really underrated, undervalued player for our team. We talked about that, and I think it was our second episode. I think it was one we did last week. I really like Devontae White. He gives us that interior pass rush that we haven't had. I think he's an underrated athlete. Um, he's strong at the point of attack, all those things. He gives us a veteran presence there, and it's tough for teams to be able to double-team 
Jordan Davis when you got a guy like Devontae Wyatt who can wreak havoc in his own right. But I think you said it perfectly, Curtis. I think that Jalen Carter can do everything Devontae Wyatt can do and can do it potentially, eventually even better. I just think he's a he's just a better, more explosive athlete. Um, maybe not as much by as much of a margin as people might think, because I think Devontae White's a really good athlete in his own right. I think he's going to put up some good numbers in the NFL Combine um, next year. But Jalen Carter's a freak, man. Like Jalen Carter to me is just simply he's a game changer, right? He's just a, a yeah, defensive. Simple game as that. Changer. The way he gets in the backfield in every situation, it, it's he changes it completely. Yeah, I think, and I think if you ask offensive coordinators, if you're talking to a, an offensive coordinator that's that's on our schedule this year, you said, okay. Who scares you more when they're in the game, Devontae Wyatt or Jalen Carter? And I imagine most of those offense coordinators would say, oh, yeah, Jalen Carter. Now, Jalen Carter, not as consistent as Devontae Wyatt. Maybe not technically sound at this point. That makes sense. He's still young. He came in last year with, with, no, with no spring practice, came in fresh, and was still – and that's the thing. Like, think about that, Curse. He made an impact last year without a spring practice, without really much of a fall camp, and in the COVID situation, and still made the impact that he did. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say why it might be more technically sound, more experienced. All those things are probably true. But in terms of just like pure athletic upside, explosiveness, all those things, I think Jalen Carter's got him. I, I think that's just the case. And it's in terms of how much does he eat into Devontae Wyatt's snaps this year, I think it really is going to come down to how much does he progress from that technical standpoint. That's really all it comes down to because athletically, like we've seen it. You've seen him chase guys down from the backside. You've seen him show the strength and kind of just throw blockers to the side and, and, like you said, just create hell for the quarterback in the backfield. All those things. We've seen that. From, we saw that last year. What we didn't see is him you know, do some things consistently, use his hands, all that kind of stuff, as well as you would like to see him do. But that's, again, that's for a freshman in the context of last year's season, it's very understandable. And you imagine those are some areas where he'll really grow and make some strides this year. So I just think Jalen Carter is going to be a first-round draft pick when it's all said and done. And and I know some of you might disagree and say, hey, guys, this guy has never started. How can he be inside your top five? And I get that. It all comes down to how do you determine and how do you judge, quote-unquote, best? Like what makes someone best? Is it production? Is it talent? Is it ceiling? All of those things. And for me, like, it's a little bit of all those things for me. But I, when it comes down to it, I'm probably going to defer to talent, especially when there's these young guys who just haven't had the chance to maybe be as productive as some of the older guys, more experienced guys. When I see a guy like Jalen Carter say, you know what, I think this guy's a, f- a future first-round draft pick. He's a game-changing type talent on the defensive line. To me, that carries more weight, and that's why I personally had him, I think in, on my own list, I had him like number two maybe. I had him way up there. Actually, I'm going to try to pull this up. You know, my own list, the Curtis, yeah, I had him at number two on my own list. So I had him even higher. Like you had him at number nine inside your top ten. Uh, I had him at number two. I, I just think that highly of him. Like if I'm looking at my, if I'm looking at our roster, I'm saying, all right, who are like, who are the best bets to be first round draft picks? Like Jalen Carter is the first one that comes to mind for me. Like he's the very top of my list. Like, okay, of all these guys on our roster, if I had to bet on one to be a first round NFL draft pick, I think Jalen Carter is the first one that comes to mind for me. And there's other guys on the list. I just think he's the first one. So that's why I have him inside my personal top five, and I had him at number two. Becomes at number four on our combined Glory UGA podcast list. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, moving inside the top three. Next up is a player that maybe could be a little higher on this list. And I think with a monster season, he could easily move all the way potentially to the top spot in our postseason list, which we, we will do after this season. He changed the dynamic. He did. He changed the dynamic of our team dramatically last season once he finally entered the starting lineup. And a lot of our hopes are pinned on his shoulders. And that, of course, is quarterback JT Daniels, Curtis let me start by asking you this about JT. What is the ceiling for JT Daniels in 2021? How good can this guy be? See, that's the thing. I honestly don't know if we truly understand how how high his ceiling is. You know, the guy was out almost a year and a half by the time he finally played. Uh, everyone knows all about his story. But the thing is, like, he's been growing and growing and growing. And I don't think he's ever truly had a season of where he was ready to truly be the guy. And, I think you're finally seeing it now where he's matured and all these things are taking place and that he's ready to be the guy. And he has that gunslinger mentality. He has a connection with these receivers. He has everything you want in a quarterback. And not only that, but he has great arm strength. Um, so I honestly don't know if we truly at Georgia, especially have seen someone that has a ceiling like this guy has. Sounds like you're pretty high on him. How sold are you on him being the guy, like an elite top three national quarterback? I'm pretty sold on it. I mean, just the way he took over and you saw the whole offensive dynamic change, considering he wasn't even truly 100% healthy, hadn't gotten all the practice he needed. We didn't, weren't even deep into the playbook. There's all those things, and yet he still completely changed our offense. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the numbers, they speak for themselves. We've talked about this several times. But for anyone who might have just missed those episodes, we put some of those numbers out there. Or if you're new to the show, just real quickly here, just kind of illustrate what Curtis is saying. So, when he became the starting quarterback the last four games of the season, starting with Mississippi State, we saw a 27% increase in our total yards per game offensively, a 29% increase in points per game, a 300% increase in 300-yard passing games, a 53% increase in yards per pass, and a 40% increase in yards per play. The, that is a significant impact this guy had on our I mean, what changed? Really, what changed on our team? What changed is JT Daniels became our starting quarterback. And those, I mean, yeah, Pickens is maybe back and healthy. That, yeah, that helps a little bit. But that's a significant impact. And you said it, Curtis. He did that being certainly not 100%, right? 
Easily, yeah. Yeah, like we don't. I don't. I can't. I, I don't know. I'm just be guessing. I said he's seventy five percent. He's seventy percent. I I don't know what percent he was, but he won a hundred percent. I mean, he, that's fair to say. And this guy, the reason he couldn't play early because he wasn't cleared. He basically got cleared to play. And, and if you guys know anything about how injuries work, just because you're clear doesn't mean you're hundred percent. It just means that yeah, you can play. Usually, you're not a hundred percent. And watching him play, you kind of see that. But the impact was obvious. Now, I I, I would say you know look at his. His freshman year was not great, but at USC also didn't have a great supporting cast then. The, the he was 17 was, years old. Exactly. He's a young guy. He's a true freshman. Uh, all those things are true. I mean, yeah, he was under 60%. Like, But I don't know if I necessarily hold that against him. I, some people do. Obviously, people outside the Georgia fan base. And it's a fair point to make. It's a fair question to ask. But I would say, okay, well, look at what he did with more talent. I don't want to say a shell of himself, but not a hundred percent version of himself, not the best version of himself. And basically coming in off the bench raw, that's, that's the most impressive part to me. It's not necessarily the fact that he was a hundred percent, but the fact that he was taking no reps with the ones, the entire, he was working on the scout team. He comes off the bench cold and then has that kind of impact on our offense. So it just makes you really excited about what can happen this year with JT Daniels as our starting quarterback. And again, I, I think there is a world where at the end of this year, we're going to look back and when we do this postseason list and say, oh, yeah, well, we're moving him to number one on the list. I think that's a possibility, a good possibility. Uh, I, I really do. Like, Curtis, do you think JT Daniels is a Heisman Trophy caliber type quarterback? Like, could he have that kind of year? I think as a quarterback, yeah, he's not going to have the running stats, but I sure as heck think the guy can put it up yardage-wise. I mean, we didn't have the team success. Someone like you see someone like Mac Jones out there. I mean, I don't. I think he could. Put, you know, I think you could if that guy can finish number two without you know the running yards, which you hadn't really seen as much from quarterbacks lately. Then I think he very well could work himself into it. Yeah, I think he's more physically gifted than Mac Jones for sure. Now, do, does he have the receiving group that Mac Jones is throwing to? I don't know. Maybe honestly, I mean, not maybe not quite that good, but we have we have a deep group of skill players, and uh, I don't know, man. I, I think JT's gonna have a huge year. And with a huge year, he gets certainly even higher than he already is coming at number three on our list of the top 20 Georgia football players. Okay, coming in at number two is a guy that I'm, I really like. I'm really high on him. I think he's had a big year for us. Had a good year last year. I think he's going to take it to another level this year. And that's inside linebacker Nicobe Dean, who is entering his second season as a starter in Dan Lanning's defense. A little undersized, yeah, sure, but an extremely productive and valuable piece to our defense, a versatile piece to our defense. He's a three-down inside linebacker. Now, this is a this is the one player, Curtis. This is of all the guys on this list. This is the one player you and I saw exactly eye to eye on. We both had him at number three on our individual list, and then when we did the numbers and we, we signed all the points, he came out the action up number two on our combined list. So what are your expectations for N'Kobe Dean this season? Um, I'm going to be honest, they're pretty high. I mean, especially finally going into year three, uh, second year truly starting. The guy has it all, and I think he could finally put it – I mean, he has not finally put together, but put take it to an even higher level, especially when I think that this will be the one year he has a, tr- a lot of help at the inside linebacker position with him. Yeah, I mean, Quay Walker – I mean, we've talked about Quay Walker in the last episode, and I will stand by what I said about Quay. I think Quay has a higher potential ceiling than N'Kobe Dean. I just think N'Kobe's the better player right now. Are you still with me on that? Yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, I mean, based off, based off what we've seen at this point, now Quay may change that equation this year, certainly possible. 
Um, he can do some things. I think that he does better than, than, uh, than the Kobe Dean does. He's taller. He's longer. He's a better blitzer off the edge, better pass rusher, those kind of things. But Nakobe is a three-down inside linebacker. And those guys are hard to find these days. They really are. And in a world, especially defensive football, has become so specialized in, in years past where you have, like, you guys come in and, you know, the nickel package, the dime package. Nakobe's a guy that does not ever have to come off the field. Now, we're going to take him off the field and give him a blow here and there. But he never has to come off the field because he doesn't fit what we're trying to do in that particular scheme or that particular package. He can do all the things we ask him to do, whether it's, defend the, and then people say well he's small so he's a liability against the run no this actually it's wonderful as a guy who just loves inside linebacker play it's wonderful to watch him play because he is a little undersized but does such a great job of of kind of i don't want to say hiding behind the offensive line but, but he kind of gets lost behind the defensive lineman there and he'll just kind of emerge from the pack and kind of fill his hole hit his run fit and make the play right there for a short gain or right at the line of scrimmage He's very, very good between the tackles. He can run side on the sideline. He's good in coverage. He's not as long as I would like him to be, but he's still good in coverage. He can stay with almost anybody there as long as it's not a pick play. You've got to work on that a little bit. But he's just a valuable piece because you now he's not Roquan Smith. Make sure everyone's hearing me say that. He is not Roquan Smith. I don't know if we'll ever have a player inside linebacker as good as Roquan Smith was. That guy should have won the Heisman trip. I think he was the best player in the country that year. But we know that's just not how that works. But Nakobe Dean can is similar to Roquan in the way that he just again never has to come off the field, and that's extraordinarily valuable when you're playing some of these spread tempo based offenses that don't really sub like LSU did a couple of years ago that try to create situations where they have the same person on the field, but they can use kind of in, it looks like a different personnel package. They move them around with their versatility and they try to get matchup advantages. Well, Nakobe's a guy that's tough to get a match advantage on because like, he can play against the run. He can defend guys in space, all those things. So he's just a really valuable piece for us. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a fair spot to have him coming at number two on our list. Again, now he, he's one of those guys that maybe there's some people that could potentially jump ahead of him because I think he's closer to maxing out his ceiling right now than some of the other guys. If those other guys like Quay Walker, Adam Anderson, if they have a big year and take a big leap forward and realize more, and Nolan Smith, if they realize their potential more so this year, by the end of the year, I'm, I, I think there's a good chance they could potentially jump ahead to Kobe. But right now, based on production, based on talent, based on value to the team, I think having Kobe Dean here is a very defensible thing to do, having him come in at number two on our list. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. And finally, we have reached the end of this exercise. If you've been following along through the other parts of this series, I imagine you know the giant pun entirely attended here, the giant glaring omission that we have not mentioned yet to this point. So coming in at number one, let us correct that omission. Coming in at number one on our list of Georgia's top 20 football players entering the 2021 season is the lovable giant himself, 
the monster in the middle, nose tackle Jordan Davis. Curtis, I love this guy. I love the personality. I love the kid. I love the way he plays. I love the impact he has on our defense. So I'm going to make this last one simple for you, man. Make the case for Jordan Davis as the number one player on the Georgia football team entering this 2021 season. Uh, my biggest thing is just you saw the difference in the defense won him, and he went out um, with his injury. He, we were just not the same team. Uh, the way he he allows us, people like Nakobe and Quay and all those things, We allow he allows us to do those things because – the attention he draws and the fact that he just does his job so well that he he goes and will take up the blocks, will do everything that he needs to do to allow our team, to our defense to be free. A hundred percent. And I know it seems so simple. You're like, well, this guy doesn't put up sack numbers. He doesn't put up big tackle numbers. He doesn't put up big TFL numbers. And so I know on the service, people are like, how can you have this guy number one? He's not at the top of anyone's list. Like any metric, he's not the top, right? And as you were just saying there, Curtis, you can't, it's hard to measure Jordan Davis's impacts by using individual metrics because he's not asked to do those things. He is not asked to get after the quarterback and sack him. Now, anything that he gives us there is gravy. He's done it from time to time, but that's gravy. He's not asked to rack up massive tackle numbers and tackle for loss numbers. He does it, but again, anything he does there is gravy. What he is asked to do, it's the most selfless thing you ask a guy to do, and he does this. why I love this. One of the reasons why I love this guy. He does it with such glee, just so eagerly, trying to help his teammates put up the numbers. That is what his job is. That position in the 3-4 scheme, your job is to take up space, eat up double teams, and free up other players to dominate and make up big plays. And by doing that, that is how you dominate. And Jordan Davis does that as well as anyone in college football. I, I firmly believe that. If you're talking about defensive linemen who have an impact on the game, I think Jordan Davis has the biggest impact out of all the defensive linemen in the country. And again, I know people are saying, that, how can you possibly say that? that all the, this guy's put up 10 sacks. This guy has 14 tackles for loss. Jordan Davis, how many has he got? I would again would say, that's not what he is asked to do. And what he does and freeing up everyone else on our defense, what it does, and we've talked about this before on the show, but we'll reiterate it here, talking about Jordan Davis, is he allows us to defend the run and win against the run with even numbers in the box. And that is the key to our entire defense. Guys, what we want to do is be able to stop the run first and foremost, but the caveat being we want to stop the run with even numbers. When you have to roll in additional numbers in the box, you have to bring a safety down the box, that is when you get torched through the air. If you want to be – I know people say, well, is stopping the run as important as it, as it used to be in football? The answer is, to me, emphatically, yes. Because you, But it's, let's be careful. you got to be able to stop the run with even numbers. What that does is it allows you to dedicate more of your resources, more of your defenders to stopping the pass. Without Jordan Davis eating up blocks the way Jordan Davis eats up blocks, then – we would not be able to win as consistently against the run with even numbers, which means you're going to have to roll safety down more in the box. It means you're going to have to get your star more involved in the run game, which means now you're more vulnerable to being beat through the air, which is how modern offenses want to beat you. That's how they're built. They're built to kind of create that conflict and try to hit those big explosive plays through the air. Jordan Davis, even though he doesn't play cornerback, he doesn't play safety, he doesn't play star, he plays in the middle of the defense on the defensive line, he is the key to all of that to us being able to stop those explosive passing plays. I know it seems kind of 
crazy to say that, but it really all traces back to that. And so with the impact and, and what he does, and I think what I think he is the best on our team at doing what he's asked to do. I think that's kind of like how I would sum it up. Does he put up the big numbers? No. But again, that's not what he's asked to do. I think he is the best on our team at doing his job, at what he's asked to do. And that's all a player can do. Your job might not be get the sacks, might not be create tackles for loss, those kind of things. All that's gravy. But with what he's asked to do, I think Jordan Davis does it better than anyone on the team. But uh, all right, guys, that wraps up the whole thing, man. We made it from number 20 all the way to number one. We will revisit this at the end of the year. We'll re-rank these guys based on the 2021 season. We'll have to factor that in the equation. This right now, this list, whether you agree or disagree, just again, just kind of make sure everyone knows how we were doing this. Uh, Curtis and I, we did our individual list. We add those together, assign point values, and then rank them that way uh, for a combined glory UGA list. Some of them were based on potential. Some of them based on production. It's kind of beauties in the eye of the beholder. Totally one of those kind of things. But we will we will revisit this at the end of the year. We'll have some fun with that. And uh, I imagine there's going to be some movement, some guys that move up, some guys that move down. But entering the 2021 20, season, this is how we rank them. But all right, guys, that does it for us today here on the Glory UGA podcast. Appreciate you guys, as always, taking time out of your day to listen to us here. I know there's a lot of options out there, and it is humbling that you guys – Choose to listen to us here on the Glory UGA podcast. We give you our best shot each and every week, and we're really, really glad to have you guys. And I will be back later on this week for the next edition of our Summer Scouting the Enemy series, this time focusing on the Auburn Tigers. It's a transition year for the Tigers, so I'll make sure to have a detailed breakdown of what they've got coming back this season so be looking forward to that later on this week we're running out of time guys we're running out of time i'm trying to get as many of these scouting the enemy episodes in as i can and also make sure again just as a reminder follow us on instagram that's just at glory uga podcast on instagram giving you guys a lot of good content there kind of see a little bit of a different side of the podcast plus we'll have our first instagram live session sometime next week i'll look at the schedule and let you guys know exactly when but if you want to be a part of that make sure to follow us there on instagram even if you are brand new to instagram get on there i learned it and if i can learn it you guys can learn it too i think you'll really enjoy it once you get on there it's a great way to interact with the podcast so thanks again guys but for curtis i'm tyler and as always go dog.